So it's officially the end of the semester here at Kent State University. Finals week is over, grades are submitted, and students are now likely at home enjoying a well-deserved winter break. But the Ready for Business series is back, if only for a moment, before 2019 wraps up for good, to bring you some bonus material from our project this year. As we created the Ready for Business series over the course of 2019, each conversation we had with our group of recruitment pros was packed with advice for job and internship seekers. But some of these discussions we captured didn't quite make the cut for an entire episode on their own. Things like, what exactly are employers asking for when they say submit references along with your application? And is that the same thing as submitting a recommendation? And why is it such a good idea to send a thank you message following an interview? And perhaps the most touchy question, how soon is too soon to ask a recruiter the amount you'll be paid for a job or internship? So to avoid having these conversations simply gather dust, stored away somewhere forgotten, we're taking these bits of advice from the recruiters and sending them along as a holiday and happy new year gift to you. From the College of Business Administration at Kent State University, I'm Andy Wyand, Associate Director for Career Services, and this is a Ready for Business bonus to our eight-part series focused on the readiness of business students as they hit the market for internships and full-time jobs. Our team of career service pros in the College of Business is on a mission to help talent and opportunity meet. So we gathered a group of professional recruiters from a variety of companies and asked them to walk us through their process of deciding which candidates are ready for the job and which are not. We're sharing a few extra conversations in this bonus episode so you can be informed and ready for business. Part 1. The Recommendation versus the Reference and the Difference Between the Two So a standard section on many job and internship applications will ask the user for reference information, maybe information for multiple references. So who would be a good person to provide a reference for you, and what will this person need to do exactly to be a reference for you? Well for that we go to our panel. I'm Molly Phelps, I am a recruiter with Fastenal. Professional references, not mom, not dad, not aunt. Who were your previous employers? Who did you work on a group project with if you don't have any work experience? Who was your internship supervisor? All of those would be appropriate references. Can you describe why? Like what, what, what's the insight that those folks would have that would make them a valuable reference? They worked with you hand in hand. They saw your work ethic. Were you on time to work? Were you dedicated to what you were doing? Yep. References to me, again, would be somebody that you worked for. Hi, I'm Matt Klaus. I am HR director with Fathom. So if you worked at Starbucks through college, your shift manager would be your, your reference. So give me their number, their name, their information. And I if I were to call them and I would say, you know, did they work for you? Yes. Uh, how did they do? Like, tell me a little bit about how they are to work. Well, and then, you know, they can go into that our explanation of you. It's very direct, speaking very, you know, specifically about how you showed up for work, what you did at work, uh, how, you know, did you leave on good terms? You know, those type of things are more references to me. And I guess what is, what is a reference? How is a reference delivered? 
Is it just contact information? Is that all like the candidate would need to provide for in mm-hmm. order to provide a reference? Yeah, contact information. So name, phone number, email address. My name is Tiffany Proud, and I am a senior human resources recruiter at FedEx Custom Critical. Name, phone number, email address, um, any way for, for us to reach out to them. And that's provided as part of our application process. Okay. So those are fields they should look for to mm-hmm. fill in. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's hear the difference between a reference and a recommendation. Sure. So a recommendation letter is typically a letter from someone who you have worked with previously who has taken the time to write about their time spent with you and the work that you have completed with them. My name is Susan Denton. I am from Medical Mutual, and I'm a senior corporate recruiter. Um, They often will say the good and, you know, the things that they hope to see you grow with. Um, And, you know, just a really nice stamp of approval. Um, A reference is usually someone that an employer can call when either in the interview process or when they're doing their background checks. So most companies do background checks and they do require, from what I've seen in my experience, at least two people who will verbally um, speak up and attest to the good work that you have done. Um, So there are two different things. Um, Letters of recommendations you could probably keep for many, many years. Hopefully you keep in touch with those people. But the references are probably going to be more current people um, that you've worked with probably in the past five years. Hi, this is Lynn Murphy. I'm the Director of Recruiting at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I think the recommendation letter is something that that person has provided and they've given it to the candidate and said, here, you can give this to all of the employers. The reference is more us calling without the candidate involved and having either a conversation or having them complete a survey. And they might be more honest in that case because this candidate is not involved in the process. So we're They might write a very nice recommendation letter because they have to hand it to you if they might be a little bit more real and a little bit more honest if we're actually talking to them. I think if a company is asking for a recommendation letter, they're going to ask for a recommendation letter. And if they're asking for references, they want names and numbers of references that we can actually call. So after exploring the difference between these two documents, I wanted to hear what the group thought about the actual recommendation letter, meaning that the candidate is handing over not just the name, title, and contact information on their application, we now know that that is referred to as a reference, but instead they're handing over a written statement about themselves, composed by someone else who has observed their skill, ability, and potential. Should candidates expect a recommendation letter to be as common as a reference check? Do you all use letters of recommendation in your practice? And if so, how do you use them? We don't ask for letters of recommendation. If someone were to bring it to an interview, great. That's good information to have. We just don't ask for it and don't expect any. I would use a, a recommendation letter if I knew who was doing the recommending or, or if I had some basis on their background or the company they work for, and it's a reputable organization in, in a network that we respect, right? And, you know, for, for Fathom, it's, it would be in the marketing world. So if I got a letter of recommendation from a, uh, a CMO for said individual and said, hey, they, in, you know, I, I didn't work with them directly, but I know this person's character and I would, I would vouch for that. And, you know, then there's some alignment and I know who this individual is and I respect their opinion. 
do you do you use any kind of uh, recommendation letter as your process? No, we don't. And the reason is because if I ask you for a recommendation letter, you're going to give me someone who's going to give you a good recommendation, right? Yes. So if, um, you know, it, it's kind of redundant to even do that, it seems like. Um, but if, if you, I think if you have a really, uh, if, I wouldn't require it, but if someone has set, put together a really, um, no, impactful, I guess. If someone has put together a very impactful letter of recommendation for you based on maybe a project you worked on or an impact you had on the company, I think that's something you can share with your recruiter, It's not even if it's not something they're requiring. I don't think I would use it as part of my initial application, but it could be something that when you meet with the person, if it's relevant to the position that you're taking, that might be something just supplemental that you provide to the recruiter. Hi, my name's Kate Blake, and I'm a recruitment specialist at Sherwin-Williams. I know recommendation letters are, are kind of tough. Um, I honestly don't think our hiring managers really put a ton into recommendation letters simply because, you know, of anyone is probably going to, you're going to ask someone who's going to say great things about you. That's why you're asking them to write a recommendation letter. So it's definitely, you know, you've asked someone specifically who can say um, these very positive things about you. Um, and two, that hiring manager really has no connection to whoever wrote the letter. So, you know, it's, I don't think they really serve that much of a purpose, like during the hiring process. I think the the hiring manager is definitely going to look more at your experiences, how you carry yourself in an interview. Um, you know, I think we all know people that would write us nice recommendation letters, but um, I think at the end of the day, like it's going to matter way more about your experiences and the way you portray yourself in an interview. That's going to carry a lot more weight than a recommendation letter would. So it might depend a little bit on what you're doing or if you're going to med school or if you're doing an MBA program. Um, or something like that. I think recommendation letters may have more of a an impact for something like that. But I think for a new job, um, you know, I just haven't seen that um, play as much of a, a role all the time. So when I pass my resumes and a specific submission from an applicant over to the hiring manager, they do get all of the attachments along with the resume and say cover letter. If you had those recommendation letters, those would also get passed over. Um, so, you know, they, those hiring managers sometimes enjoy them, but from a recruiter standpoint, I just don't use them. I share them. It's additional information, but I don't use them. So, you know, sometimes the hiring managers really do enjoy seeing that, um, and those recommendation letters, but it's just extra information if you want to share it. But I don't know, a different version of a recommendation letter today is by having your previous manager or person that you worked with put it on LinkedIn. So that's another spot that if I'm looking to hire someone, that a recommendation letter really can just go on LinkedIn as a recommendation on the recommendation part of LinkedIn. So it's also very helpful and a good professional spot for you to keep that, and it can be there for many years. Okay, so it seems that in most cases, as you prepare for your job and internship search, you should be ready to submit references, not necessarily recommendation letters. Unless, of course, you're being instructed otherwise by the job or internship posting. 
And one last thing here, specifically for references that I'll add, is that before you click submit on your application, be sure you have spoken with the person or people you've listed as references to ensure they're comfortable and prepared to give you a solid reference when contacted by the employer. You wouldn't want your reference to be surprised by the reference check call or email and not be prepared to talk about you and how great you'd be for that job. Give them a heads up and be sure to ask folks to serve as a reference for you, letting them know what you're seeking and how your previous experience together would be such a good example of why you're well prepared to take on this new role. To make the reference call go even smoother for the person giving the reference, provide them with your latest resume too. With a resume close by, your reference will be up to speed on all the good things you've been doing since last working together. Okay, that's the word on references versus recommendations. On to part two. Part two, thank you messages. Why do they matter so much? Yeah, uh, again, I think this may be, I may weight it a little higher because I'm, again, I'm a little bit more on the traditional side of things, uh, but I think that thank you letter is a nice, it's a nice cap that you can use as an opportunity to reinforce your interest in the role. Um, maybe even touch on a, a, a conversation or two that you've had through the interview process that, you know, really stuck out to you. And I think that for me, if I'm on the fence between you and another candidate, oh my gosh, a, a heartfelt, really well-crafted thank you letter that, again, we're not talking about paragraphs. We're talking about a couple sentences to just reiterate your interest and, and that you enjoyed the process. Um, I think that that's a big differentiator. And, and I, would, I would tend to go with that individual. I mean, if it's a real tiebreaker deal with the one who wrote the, the best thank you letter. I, I know that that sounds weird, but um, those could be differentiators. I appreciate them. It makes you stand out. It's not common. Even if it's an email, that's great. I got a letter in the mail, which was shocking. Most people don't mail things. So that was always nice. And it did make their application stand out. It shows to me that they're still interested in the position. Yeah, I would say that it's something that I don't see often, but I'm seeing more often recently. Hi, my name is Andrew Trotter. I'm with the Fastenal Company. And it, it's a huge uh, perk for that person, I, I believe. Um, one is you're thanking the person for their time when you didn't have to. But two, it's another opportunity for you to sell yourself with that organization. Um, you could make a, a comment like you can really see yourself in that organization because of this. And you really appreciated that. Uh, and you loved learning about um, their career path and, and the, the um, growth pattern for that company. Um, it's just one more time for you to, to just plug your information um, and the person's going to appreciate it. Yeah, so I've noticed that those who are really strong candidates are often those who write the thank you notes. So I do see a correlation with those who just have a good business sense to them. They're also the ones sending the, the thank you notes. Thank you notes can be done in person. They can be done... Um, you know, like you can mail them um, and you can also email them. I would say, um, I did say in person a second ago because I came up with the thought of one person actually wrote it beforehand and as soon as I was done talking to them, they gave me their thank you note. That was probably a little too proactive from the like, who's doing it too much. She probably would have been better to like slip it in the mail on her way out. But I'd also rather that person to have included something they learned from the interview in their thank you note. So making it a substantially like good thank you note would be using something from the interview that you learned. So if you know that it's going to be two weeks till they make a decision, 
do a handwritten thank you note. If they're going to tell you in two to three days that they're going to make a decision, email them the thank you note. So knowing the time frame that you normally will ask before the interview is done, what's the time frame going to be? If you hear two to three days, get an email in writing immediately. Like the next day, that recruiter and manager should open up their email to an, an email from you saying thank you. So whether electronic or handwritten, thank you notes do add positive value to your application and they can remind the employer of your strong interest and potential fit within the company. Now it's on to our final bonus topic, perhaps fitting that we saved this one for last and didn't lead with it, as the question triggered a very consistent response from the group. Certainly it's a question both parties in the job interview need to discuss, but when is it okay to talk about it without sending some sort of wrong impression? The hot button question is, when is it appropriate to ask about pay and how much you will be earning in the new job or internship? I don't think that that's something that you should ask early on at all, because then that says to a recruiter, that's all I'm concerned about. I'm just wondering how much this pays and what the benefits are. And obviously, everybody wants to know what they're going to get paid and what the benefits are going to be. But you're going to find that out through the process. So I would, you want to, like if at the end of an interview, a uh, a, a recruiter asks you, do you have any other questions? Don't have your first question be, yeah, how much does it pay or what are the benefits? Have it be more about the role itself. So it doesn't seem like that's all you're worrying about. Delay it as much as possible. That just kind of shows that that is, you're, you have the wrong focus. We want to make sure that you're interested in the job. We're investing a lot into you as an intern. And so we want to make sure that you have a genuine interest for the role, for the company, and being a part long-term of our company. This is Marie Henry. I'm a university relations manager at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So that will all come. We will make sure that you are taken care of and that it is paid and we get the right message across with all of those. That initial interview, that's just not a, an appropriate question to ask. Definitely not. I think also if you're dealing with a good recruiter, they're going to make sure they're qualifying the candidate. So they'll probably be asking you as a candidate, how much are you looking to earn or what have you earned previously, like things along those lines. So you're going to get to that. And if if I ask you how much you're looking to earn and it's way out of whack with the, what the job is going to pay, I'm going to let you know that. You're not usually going to have to ask that question. I would say certainly wait until the interviewer brings up that subject. My name is Sarah Martin. I'm the HR and recruitment specialist with Bober Markey Fedorovich. Um, many times they will bring it up. So as a recruiter and an interview for interviewer for our firm, it's something that I, I certainly want to discuss with the candidate. So it will come up. Um, don't be nervous if if it doesn't come up right away, because typically it is something that we wait towards the end of the interview uh, to discuss. And some companies will actually wait maybe until the second round of interviews to, to bring that type of thing up, um, just depending on their interview process and the type of interview. Um, for BMF, I will say it's certainly something within the first interview that will be discussed. But in any case, I would always recommend as the candidate not being the one to bring it up. Um, you know, while I know it's important as a candidate to know those things, um, it just, it makes you seem a little too eager. Um, 
and there's other things that the interviewer wants to hear you ask versus what am I going to get paid? How much vacation time do I get? <laughs> you know, we want to hear the questions about, you know, what does training look like? What kind of opportunities will I have in my first year? So I would definitely say hold off on being the person to ask about salary and benefits because chances are it will come up from the interviewer. My name is Alyssa Angeletti. I am the HR and talent lead at Vision 360. So I had kind of two different answers from this. I think it is 100% okay as an intern um, or interviewing for an internship to ask if it's a paid internship right up front. Um, I know a lot of students have gotten burned in the past where they've, you know, they've waste, not wasted their time, but they've gone through three or four interviews. They get that internship um, offer letter and then it's, you know, not paid. Um, college students don't have time or resources or money to do unpaid internships, so I think that is an okay question to ask up front. I get it. At, I get um, if I forget to tell a student, I normally try and just tell them right off the bat it's paid. But I take no offense to a, a student asking if it's a paid internship. On the other side of the fence, for a full-time job, I would recommend waiting until the second interview. Um, for us, the, the first interview is a little more introductory just to get past, you know, would you be a great cultural fit and core value fit for our company? So I think it really comes to your position that you're applying for and what your means are, right? So sometimes you're applying for a job. Um, I would say less for an internship doesn't matter, but when you're looking, let's talk full-time job, um, you know, you have a minimum number that you need to make sure you are able to live. Like you're graduating, you probably have some debt, you probably need to figure out how much you can live on. So I would say early on in your interview process, even in your application, they're going to ask, what do you want to make? Keep it reasonable. You're a college student who is graduating. You know, look, do some data research on your end. There's a lot of information out there that you can use and find out what is an appropriate number for the job that you're applying for and state that in your application. Then when you're having the conversation, normally that first phone call with a recruiter, they'll probably ask you, what are you looking to make? You know, you want to be flexible, but also say at least what your minimum is. That's important for you so it's not wasting your time or not wasting, you know, you don't want to waste the recruiter's time either. So, um, you know, be upfront about it, but normally wait, I would say, until the recruiter asks you. And even as a recruiter, I try to be mindful. I don't want to just go right at you and say, how much do you need to make? I want to build a rapport with you. I want to get to know you first. And then if I think you're going to be a good fit towards the end of our conversation, once I've gotten to know you, then maybe we'll talk money. But I'm also going to try to be kind on my end and not like just jump right to the money. If you're applying for a position, too, that's like a more experienced position, I might have some of that conversation sooner because I have to um, make sure it's a good fit. Um, but especially for college graduates, there is statistical research that is used on my end, too, to know what's fair. And I think you should do it as well. So when the right moment arrives, following the employer's lead, that is, of talking about salary or wage, how can you be ready and better informed for that moment? Well, sources like Glassdoor, 
the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, and onetonline.org are three examples of easily accessible sources for gaining average salary range information. But also get connected to your career services team. Offices like ours can share or point you to available data for similar positions in the area so that you can be more informed on a range that you can expect to be offered. Offices like ours are here on campus to help you through this internship and job search process from start to finish. And that includes gathering references, writing thank you messages, and being prepared with an expectation of what you will be earning in your new position. The Ready for Business series is a production of the College of Business Administration at Kent State University. You can find every episode of our eight-part Ready for Business series, as well as contact details for the Career Services Office at www.kent.edu business. While there, you can schedule appointments to visit with a member of our career advising team to talk strategy for your next step in your career journey as a student or alumni member. Also visit our website to find our complete calendar of upcoming events each semester, events where you can meet face-to-face with employers and recruiters to discuss that next opportunity for you. The special guests you've heard featured in the Ready for Business series include Sarah Martin of Bober Markey Fedorovich, Molly Phelps and Andrew Trotter of Fastenal, Matt Klaus of Fathom, Tiffany Proud of FedEx Custom Critical, Susan Denton of Medical Mutual, Rachel Higgins of Northwestern Mutual, Marie Henry and Lynn Murphy of Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, Kate Blake of Sherwin-Williams, and Alyssa Angeletti of Vision 360. If you work in HR or have a colleague who does and want to learn more about recruiting business students at Kent State University, drop us an email at bizcareers at kent.edu. That's B-U-S careers at kent.edu. If you've enjoyed and found the Ready for Business series helpful, please rate, review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And be sure to stay tuned to the Kent State College of Business podcast feed for a brand new series coming soon in 2020. Make it a great new year and go Flashes!